Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Live from Santa Monica, California, it is the show that is completely perplexed about what is going on in the world. I wish I had more answers. And we're trying some new things. I'm very stressed getting ready for CrimeCon, but I am here I'm Collier Landry. This is Moving Past Trauma. Let's get into it. Testimony continued today in the most notorious criminal trial. When I was 12 years old, my testimony sent my father to prison for murdering my mother. This podcast serves as a type of therapy and reconciliation for myself. And it is my hope that it helps anyone who has experienced deception, betrayal, and dark trauma. I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Trauma. Mover Nation, what's going on? Happy Wednesday, the Wednesday wrap. I know I was really late putting this live together. I was actually going to postpone it because I wasn't even going to get into what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, because, oh, hot mic. Does that mean it's very, very loud? Uh-oh. Uh, see, I'm trying this new setup. And um, perhaps it's maybe uh, not any good. Harry Potter's beard. <laughs> Please let me know. Um, uh, I am slightly feeling better. Thank you for asking. I am the gun power. It has been, uh, by the way, KDD, did, did the audio come through for the video intro? I'm curious as well. I'm doing everything through a new, uh, a, a new sound. Oh, Harry Potter's beard says there was no sound. So there was no sound on the um, video intro that plays usually. Did that not work? <laughs> Oy vey. Hola, moversitos. Yes. So uh, I am feeling, uh, I'm feeling a little bit better. That is for sure. And um, I, uh, no video intro sound. Oh, fantastic. And uh, yes. So I'm going to have to work that out. I don't know. I really don't know why that is. Um, but that's not good. That's all I do know. <laughs> Oy vey. Um, I wonder if that has something to do with the placement. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm, I'm using a new software, by the way, for everyone that may or may not know. Uh, and I am trying it out. So we're working out the kinks today, which is why I was like, I wasn't all, I was almost going to postpone this live or kick the can down the road because I am flying tomorrow morning, very early to crime con in Orlando, Florida, where I am speaking. I'm going there with Tara Newell, my partner in crime. As you guys know, we do the survivor squad podcast, new episode out tomorrow and third and Friday. Um, but we are, um, we are going there. We were speaking at crime con and we have a booth and we're going to be on podcast row. So if you're in the Orlando, Florida area, please come check us out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to see a lot of our colleagues in true crime and in, um, the podcasting world, which will be very interesting. And, um, I'm pretty stoked about it. So, uh, but yes, uh, thank you for joining new member, Harry Potter's beard. Now, uh, I have been sidelined for 
I have literally been sidelined actually for the last two weeks. I know I did lives last week, but I was in a lot of pain. I hurt my back for some reason out of the ether. I don't know how it happened. I mean, I was, I work out every day. I go, I box, I, um, I do weights and things of that nature, but I've always been very pedantic about taking care of my back, but I, um, I wrecked it. I don't know what I did either. And, um, I think I was doing reverse crunches and maybe that somehow I tweaked something. I moved funny, but that started last, uh, a week ago, Friday. So almost two weeks ago now. Um, but that has subsided. So I was last week, I was pretty much half the week, pretty much sideline just resting. Cause I couldn't sit cause it hurt so bad. My back would tighten up. And whole reason I discovered this is I was doing an interview uh, with on, on a podcast with someone, um, uh, Roberta Blevins, who does Life After MLM, was interviewing me. And uh, I was just sitting here going, and my back just seized up. So I sidelined from that. And then all of a sudden on Friday, I had an interview, which I'm actually playing tomorrow as part of a live because I'll be on an airplane. Uh, I interviewed Sean Reck, who is the director of uh, Convicting a Murderer, which is for lack of a better word, for lack of a better description, is the rebuttal to Making a Murderer on Netflix. He did the project with Candace Owens. Uh, It is through uh, the Daily Wire, which is a company that she works on, has a deal with, with uh, Ben Shapiro. So those of you that are in that sort of vein of the political political spectrum, uh, you'll enjoy their perspective. I'm a very middle-of-the-road person. Um, I had to actually Google Daily Wire. I was like, what is it? And I was like, oh, my God. But I do respect respect them as as uh colleagues in the industry and obviously they're very huge and they're very successful what they do uh not like little peons of me but hey we just hit thirty three thousand subscribers last night uh or maybe it was very early this morning so thank you for all that those of you who've liked and subscribed so you will notice i have a little moving uh uh logo here in the bottom corner uh that goes from moving past trauma to mpt this is part of this new software that i'm trying out um but obviously, I can't get the sound to work very well. So, so there we have it. Um, but anyways, uh, so on Friday, I'm interviewing Sean Rack, and I was actually, I, I, I completely scheduled the interview an hour early. But I was sick, and I didn't, and I just, I laid down, I took a nap, I wasn't feeling good, my throat was starting to bother me. And it, by Friday night, it was a full, I, I was having full body chills and, um, and, uh, uh, sweating and it was a weird thing. My nose got very congested and I thought I was coming down with, uh, the CV. I don't know if I can say, if I can say COVID on this if the YouTube bots, but I thought I was coming down with COVID. I thought, man, I, and I thought I jinxed myself. I got vaccinated a very long time ago, um, I got the three vaxes and I was like, I'm done guys. That's, I'm not getting any more, but, um, I have been very successful in steering away from that. And, um, uh, thank you very much. Karen Isabel Stewart for the super sticker. I really appreciate it. Um, so I, uh, I thought I was coming down with it and, um, I have my little doggy here, Marisol, and you know, she requires a lot of attention. <laughs> and so I called Tara and Tara said, do you want me to come get her? And I said, yeah, I can't, I just can't deal with it. And I was a mess. I, I was a mess. I, I had gotten some Chinese soup from, which I thought usually that'll knock it out, right? Some hot mustard, some Chinese soup. That didn't work. I had just, I had this lingering headache, which I don't get headaches either. And I have not been sick for two years. No, sorry. I have not been sick since September, 2020, since the full-on pandemic. 
I, I had a, I had strep throat at that time and that's the last time I've been sick. So, um, I was down in the count for the day. So I'm playing catch up is my whole point in this. <laughs> and I was going to try to do this live later. I'm going to do a much more extensive interview, hopefully later tonight before I have to pack to get on this airplane. But, um, so over the weekend, there was a whirlwind of news that came out and I had this, all this Ashton stuff and all this content prepared. And I just was, I was too sick to even do it. So, um, and I hate, uh, <laughs> I was a mess. I was a mess. What can I say? And I had four, I, I had to force myself to stay in bed for two days. And, um, but I, my fever broke on Sunday morning and then I just, I, I was, I was feeling really good on Sunday and I was like, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, what if I'm contagious? What it, anyways, I don't have COVID by the way. Um, and I got over it really quickly. Whatever I had, it, it worked its way out of my system in less than 48 hours, really 36 hours. And I was good to go. I was very stoked about that. But that said, um, I, uh, I, I got a little behind the times, I go, but there's been a lot of news. So, um, over the weekend, for those of you that don't know, so, um, there is a comedian, uh, an entertainer, an actor, <laughs> actor, um, his name is Russell Brand. And for a really long time, honestly, um, I, you know, I, 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 I like the guy I watched, you know, I watched, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall with it. He was in, uh, get him to the Greek. I thought it was pretty funny. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed him as an actor and a comedian. I thought oh, he's pretty funny. I mean, I didn't know a lot about him. Uh, I heard a little bit about his story. And I think for me, the thing that really spoke to me about Russell Brand was um, a documentary that he did about his friend Amy Winehouse and about addiction. Now, Russell Brand has talked a lot about, he's written two memoirs, and I'm going to get into all of this, um, but he has talked about his struggles with addiction. It started out with, I believe, uh, marijuana, ecstasy, street drugs, and he was raised with a single mother, and he's from uh, Essex, I believe, uh, so the UK, London. And uh, he... Um, he got into drugs very early when he was an art artist performer, uh, was kicked out of a performing arts school and, and such. And, um, but became a comedian and, uh, became a regular, a host on a, a BBC show, uh, called big brothers, big brother or something like, I, I, you know, I should just pull my notes up before I just completely butcher all of this. Um, <laughs> but my, uh, <clears throat> but he was, uh, he, you know, he really made a name for himself and he became sort of a, um, you know, uh, he became very well known here in America. But I think what really spoke to me as uh, and why I, I, I really, you know, uh, gravitated towards just just appreciating him as a, as a fellow human. Um, is that he did this documentary about Amy Winehouse. And for those of you that are that are not familiar, so Amy Winehouse was a ridiculously talented uh, female singer, and she struggled with severe uh, severe mental health issues and massive addiction problems. She did a song very famously called Rehab. Um, she was uh, unbelievably gifted, like a gorgeous voice, this little Jewish girl who had this big, amazing, soulful, rich voice. I mean, she had the, the world was at her fingertips and she was a major international star around the same time that Lady Gaga was coming to prominence and Russell's ex-wife, Katy Perry, around that same time. But she was 
like un like unbelievably talented. Uh, just what a voice! But she lost a battle to addiction, and um, and he had made this documentary or was a big part in making it. And so I had a lot of respect for that because as someone, and I, and I very cheekily put my put this. I said live Hollywood vet. I was going to say Hollywood in, insider, but. Uh, a lot of you that guys that come to this channel, I don't think you, um, you know me from my podcast, you know me from my film, A Murder in Mansfield, but you, I don't think you really know, um, you really know me as a, um, uh, as a film guy, because my whole experience in life in the entertainment industry is I've worked both in front and behind the camera as a cinematographer. Uh, as a as an artist, as a as a as an on camera talent, I host this show. I host this podcast, and um, you know that was my career for a very long time. And uh, as a working filmmaker and cinematographer, now I am still a working filmmaker and cinematographer, but I do it. This show is my main focus, and this is what I do. Right, um, and this channel here on YouTube is is my thing <laughs> or has become my thing and this has been a, in this is my sort of pivot in the post-covid world because uh the industry was turned upside down and and i and i um you know i had to do well, I, I wanted to do something that was more fulfilling with me for me anyways having made a murder in mansfield having shared my story with the world i i was very compelled uh i, I was i was driven to do something else and this is what it is right so <clears throat> but i have a massive uh, I, I have a massive uh, um, catalog of work from directing music videos. I have a music video here on YouTube that has over a billion views. Uh, some of you have found my channel because of it. It is by LP. It is a song called Lost on You. Uh, it is a live version. I have directed a lot of music videos that you may or may not have seen. I have worked, uh, I, and I believe Kathleen Welsh, thank you for the super sticker. I believe you discovered me because of LP and my work with her. Which sadly, I I think I found a hard drive, by the way, because a lot of you have asked uh, where I think I have maybe some behind the scenes from that shoot those years ago. And a lot of people have asked me that. Um, but uh, so um, I for years and I have worked with many Academy Award winners. I have worked with um, my first project that I ever did that I ever worked on. The first director that I ever worked with was Gary Marshall, who you guys may know from pretty woman and the film that i was in was a film called raising helen which was a, starred kate hudson it was about models and i played guess what a model <laughs> but um it was uh you know some when i arrived on the scene in los angeles uh it was 2003 and um i knew of people and look, I I never had the I have yet to have the commercial success of these people that I'm going to discuss. However, um, I I knew about them. I ran in very similar circles, etc. Especially, uh, you know, I've mentioned in discussing Danny Masterson, I knew girls that had that had gone to his house. That I knew that the that there were parties where uh, illicit and illegal activities were going on. I heard all the stories. I saw him in the club. So I don't believe anything that those that came to his defense said about him because I know different from people from girls that I dated. <laughs> so, um, I, I had a very unique experience. Now I don't have any experience with Russell Brand, but like I said, I was very, uh, I was, I was became, he piqued my interest because he did this documentary. Like, yeah, I thought get him to the Greek was pretty funny. Ha ha ha, whatever. 
Jeff, when the world gives you a Jeffrey. It's a very funny song. It was a very funny movie, you know, but I became intrigued with him when he did this, this Amy Winehouse documentary, because again, it was a really well done documentary. It was called Amy. Um, but I thought, oh, okay, he's very passionate about this whole, um, this whole addiction thing. And he lost his friend to addiction and, and it's very sad. So my heart went out to him. <clears throat> And so I, you know, I even subscribed to his channel here on YouTube. I probably still do actually. I don't think I've taken off my subscription, but I, uh, I, you know, so I would occasionally, his stuff would pop up. I would occasionally watch it or whatever. Now over the years, and especially in the last like several years, um, I, you know, again, I wasn't very engaged in the, the content, but I noticed it was becoming very, uh, I, there were a lot of things that, that were red flags to me, uh, in his particular content, which was. There was a lot of, um, there was a lot of engagement into conspiracy theories. Now I am someone who does not engage in real conspiracy theories. Um, I understand that a lot of people do believe in things like that, and I'm not here to tell anyone what they can or can't believe in or what they can and can't do. I personally don't really subscribe in it. I have a friend who who works who's worked for the FBI secret service. He works for the department of Homeland security. And he, he, uh, is somebody who tells me all the time. He goes, call your, the very notion of a conspiracy theory alludes and, and, and relies on the fact that those who are, are the organizers of said conspiracy actually know what they're doing. Um, and, uh, and as someone who, who has been in service for the U.S. government for the better part of three decades, as my friend has been, uh, he knows firsthand that when they can't get his paycheck right, they really can't organize very many conspiracy theories. Um, so I'm a big, uh, I'm a big uh, uh, um, person that's like, yeah, take, take things with a grain of salt. So when people dive down these rabbit holes of certain things, um, I become I become alarmed. I also tune it out because I just kind of dismiss it as what I th what I believe it and perceive it to be, which is utter rubbish, right? Um, however, uh, um, I just I, I really didn't pay much mind to it. So back to my whole story. Uh, over the weekend, these allegations are actually <laughs> before that there was a video that came out on Russell's channel. And I'm going to share it with you guys because this is something that I certainly found to be kind of alarming because I was like, okay, well that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and why I'm talking about this and look, a lot of you know my story and a lot of you know that I talk about uh, manipulation, gaslighting, um, uh, grooming, <laughs> um, uh, narcissism and narcissistic personality disorder. And look, I am not here to diagnose anyone. I am not a professional. I'm just a guy, as I've said before, you guys said I should put it on a t-shirt. I'm a guy who's been through a lot of shit in my life. I, uh, I look at, I tend to look at things as a survivor of true crime and as someone who has been an advocate his whole life, unfortunately forced to be a sort of advocate. Um, I, you know, having dealt with my father for so many years and his narcissism and his manipulation of me. And for those of you, uh, you know, I, I read my father's letters from prison on the podcast. You guys can check them out. It's very insightful for anyone that's dealing with um, any sort of <laughs> relationship with a narcissist or with someone who, uh, you know, look, relationships and parental relationships and, and 
familiar relationships are very complicated, but they are, um, you know, a lot of people do deal with that type of mistreatment <laughs> for, for lack of a better word that I can't use on YouTube, but, um, you know, uh, I share that with you. So I recognize a lot of these patterns. So this news, so over the weekend, like I was saying, the Sunday times or the times, uh, released a docu-series in conjunction with a C4 channel four over there. Um, and for those of you that know more of this, feel free to, to interject in the comments below. Um, but, uh, Russell ahead of this, Russell releases a video and this is part of the statement. And this is what I want to play because this is ultimately as I'm sitting in bed, sick as a dog watching this going, this is very interesting. And, um, I want to share that because I, um, I was definitely taken aback by it because, uh, I was like, why would you get into this? So let's check this out. As I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent. And I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question, is there another agenda at play? particularly when we've seen coordinated media attacks before. I don't mind them using my books and my stand-up to talk about my promiscuous, consensual conduct in the past. What I seriously refute are these very, very serious criminal allegations. Also, it's worth mentioning that there are witnesses whose evidence directly contradicts the narratives that these two mainstream media outlets are trying to construct, apparently in what seems to me to be a coordinated attack. This is what I think is very interesting. And this is where I draw a lot of parallels to my father. Now, first of all, I have always been someone who, when I've watched Russell Brand, for, first of all, I, he's highly intelligent. Like, I don't think anybody can deny that. You might not like his behavior or who he is, but you can't deny that he's intelligent. My father is also very intelligent. And I like to think that I'm somewhat that as well. Um, he's very intelligent. He's very astute. Um, and he's very, very good with people and with charming the public. And, um, and, and that has been a very, you know, a very, a, a gift of his, right. And without question led to his rise, meteoric rise as a celebrity, you know, to be honest, you know, he, his acting and, you know, was often not taken very seriously and, and he did create a name for himself, but he really became a household name because he married Katy Perry, who was arguably the biggest pop star in the world at the time they got married back in 2010. And, um, that's really what set his, you know, made his meteoric, uh, his star rise a lot faster. He also, um, you know, uh, then kind of launched into this, uh, this career as a YouTuber and as someone who would dole out, uh, you know, he became very interested in yoga and meditation and all that. And look there, uh, you know, as someone who, um, as many people do who go through addiction or recovery in the recovery process, they do turn to things like meditation and they do yoga and healthy practices uh, to sort of um, to to counteract the effects or to to uh, fill up their time with other activities that aren't obviously toxic activities such as drug and alcohol use and abuse, right? Which are not good things. I think we can all agree. However, 
Uh, Russell has also you know, talked about this as he was explaining in the video uh, that he had a very promiscuous past. He was a very known Lothario in the circles in London and used to make all these different claims and said he was a sex addict um, and uh, was was completely open about all of that. Um, however, a lot of the details of this was not um, was not really released to the public. <laughs> you know, he and a lot of these people um, uh, were kind of in the shadows. And what had happened over the weekend is he releases this video as a preemptive strike, right? And over the weekend, this article, this podcast, and then this documentary or mini piece, if you will, docu-piece, comes out about Russell Brand and four women that have accused him of S-A and the R word. <laughs> we got to use their YouTube-friendly lingo here, but you know what I'm referring to. We can all read the headlines. Um, one of the girls, the young women, and none of them gave their names, uh, some of the young, one of the, the young women who'd come forward, they her using the moniker Alice, uh, was 16 years old when she had a relationship and had an intimate, <clears throat> intimate sexual relationship with brand and, um, details that, and it was a three or four month long affair, et cetera, et cetera. Even so much as when he was on this show on the BBC, this Big Brothers, Big Brother, Big Brothers, Big, whatever the hell it's called, um, he, the BBC sent a private car to her house, or sorry, to her school, sorry, to her school, so she could leave school and go to Russell's house. Now, in the UK. It's, from what I've read, it, it, the age of consent is 16 years old. However, at the time, Russell Brand was 30, almost 31 years old, dating a 16-year-old. And she uh, and she literally, um, she details how she met him. She was out shock, shopping and, um, and uh, he approached her and she was wearing, a, she had a dress. He started going through her shopping bags and he said, you're going to wear this when you go on our date. And it was this whole little cheeky romantic thing her mother then tried to put the kibosh on it uh informing him that she was under you know she was 16 years old which didn't uh which didn't dissuade him at all which is my first red flag <laughs> and the and the brightest of the red flags let's keep it real so look um i am a a a man i do not have any children if i had a 16 if i had a 30 to soon to be 31 year old man wanting to date my 16-year-old daughter. I and showing up to my house and having or having a relationship with my 16-year-old daughter. I don't care what the law says. The law would also affect me because I would be in jail because of what I would probably do to this man. Because the thing that the thing that I have the hardest time with because there are many people that are coming out in defense of Russell Brand there are many people that are saying, oh, these are rumors or why won't the victims show their faces? Why are they remaining anonymous? So I'm going to get into explaining all this. First of all, for a woman in this society, let me be really clear about this, to come forward with any sort of accusations. Like, 
first of all, what happens? They are excoriated. They are hunted down by the by the chorus of sycophants. And let's not forget that Russell Brand has six and a half million subscribers here on YouTube. That is a massive following. Mover Nation, you guys all know how I lead a really busy life, right? And I know we could all use a little more relaxation. Now, whether you're trying to chill out or just need a good night's rest, Next Evo's CBD will be your best friend. But, and this is big, not all CBD products are created equal. Shockingly, a study found that many CBD brands contain as little as 60% of what their labels promise. I've been trying out Next Evo Naturals and Movers, it's the real deal. And their commitment? Well, it's giving you exactly what's on the label. Remember, they've undergone four clinical trials, a feat unmatched by any other brand of CBD. Now, I personally adore their Stress CBD Complex Gummies. When I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed, they are a total game changer. And those nights when sleep is all too elusive for me, the triple action CBD sleep does absolute wonders. Leave summer stress behind and upgrade your CBD. Go to nextevo.com forward slash MPT to get 25% off plus a free bottle of premium pure CBD, a $50 value limit one use per customer. That's nextevo.com slash MPT. Of course, these people, people come after me. <laughs> I have trouble navigating parasocial relationships, okay? People come after me. People come after Tara. And we don't ever, you know, we're just survivors who have been through violent crime, right? People come after us. Can you imagine if you're coming out with an allegation against a celebrity? And this is the same thing that happens when you look at the Danny Masterson case. And everybody keeps saying, why are they Jane Doe's? Why are they anonymous? Well, because of their safety. Because people will come off with a zealotous rage after them. That's the first thing. The second thing is people's reaction has been very much of the frame of mind of, well, you know what? Uh, the, the, the media, you know, he, he teased this up so brilliantly because Russell's channel for many, many years now has been very, you know, he's had this meteoric rise to success on YouTube by doling out these conspiracy theories. Like that's been the main thing. And that's why I, w I stopped watching his content because I was like, dude, this is rubbish. Like if you want to talk to me about like yoga and meditation and cool stuff and interview, you know, a sat guru and, and, and talk about things like that, I'm cool with that. These conspiracy theories that he, he promotes are dangerous to say the least. And it's part of his messiatic syndrome that he seems to suffer from. And for me, people who are coming after these women saying, why aren't they public? Well, the reason why is because of their safety. That's the first thing. The second thing is when he's, when he's blaming the media and when he's, he's, he's grooming everyone essentially, because in his channel, he's saying, you can't trust the media. It's all about distrust of the media, distrust of information, right? So when you, tee up this type of content constantly like you're being lied to you're being manipulated i'm the only truth teller you can only trust me this is the thing that people who are trying to manipulate you do and i and i and you can watch there there there's a video um called lies caught on tape on my channel here it's about my father spewing conspiracy theories he does it in a lot of my letters and it's the same type of behavior it's the unite against a common enemy together 
right? This is this manipulation. Together, we're gonna we're gonna hold strong in our beliefs together, and we're gonna prove them wrong because they're out to get you, and you can only trust my word. And that's what he has done, and that is called grooming. Now, when you you know, obviously it's different when you're doing it to a person, right? Or a, a young woman, right? Um, however, you also are, um, you also uh, can groom your audience. And he's been grooming his audience, I would say for years to distrust the general, the, the, the mass media to say that they are, are, it is a conspiracy. It is a witch hunt. It is a, uh, it is an orchestrated um, coup against him by mass media because he is the truth teller. That's utter rubbish. <laughs> that is manipulation. That is, and it's a perverse manipulation. And that to me is something that has been just so concerning over the the years with his content because... Um, you know, he is, he's trying to, to isolate his audience and, and control this narrative. And the proof is this video coming out before he knew that this times piece was going to be released. This channel Four docu was going to be released. Now let's talk about this quote media bias. Let's talk about this media manipulation that he alludes to. The fact of the matter is, and we saw this with the Johnny Depp trial here in the United States, but also the one against the sun in the UK. The laws against libel in the UK, from my understanding, I am, I am not a journalist. <laughs> I am not, I'm not a professional. I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist. I'm not diagnosing anyone. I'm not doing this. I'm just a guy who's been through a lot of shit, but perceiving it through my unique lens. And from what I understand, the laws against libel in the UK are much more strict than they are in the United States. And in the United States, they're pretty damn strict. It is utterly fanciful to think that a media organization would put out material that would completely open themselves up to litigation of, of a home run kind, by the way, because if they're just taught like the, this doc, this, this story took four years for the times to complete. This investigation has been going on since 2019 and there are other people that have been alluding to this apparently for years. Now I didn't know any of this until recently, like most of us did, right? The fact that they would open themselves up because Russell Brand is a litigious individual, right? We've seen this play out in a courtroom here in the United States last year. You, you better be damn sure that the facts that you have and the corroborated evidence that you put forth before you put a story out like this, it has to be airtight. These organizations do not stay in power. They do not, they do not maintain their credibility because it, this is also about journalistic credit, credibility and integrity. They do not put their necks out on the line 
to be libelous. They just don't. So the, the pedantic nature in which they cultivated this story and the statements, it speaks for itself. They wouldn't put this out if there wasn't at least some proof of this being the case. What I find the most staggering, and I understand that a lot of people are, are very fed up and it's been this, you know, we saw the rise of the Me Too movement, right, in this country and around the world where we saw, um, we saw, you know, and very rightfully so, we saw people like uh, Harvey Weinstein go down, Dr. Larry Nasser, <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. These are horrific, evil, callous, wanton individuals that deserve to be <laughs> exactly where they're at. But we we sort of deviated into a thing where believe all women. And so even the the whisper of an accusation against somebody got somebody canceled, their career was over, and they, they had to go stick their head in the sand. Instead of fighting off the allegations, they're saying that's not true, right? And we've, we've seemed to have gone from believe all women to now in 2023 believe no women. We've gone from one side to the extreme of the other. And somebody has to bring us back to the center. What I think is the most damning of all of these allegations is the fact that at no point does Russell Brand sit there and say, I didn't have relationships with a 16-year-old woman, a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> I didn't have a relationship with her. He never says that. That to me is the biggest red flag of all of this. And I understand that the age of consent in the UK is, is 16. <laughs> the age of consent in Ohio is 16. I believe, you know, that's bullshit. Okay. And the fact that there is not a grown man on the planet, a family loving, a caring, a, a God fearing. I know. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't mean to, to, to go off on a tangent here, but if you believe in all things that are good and right and just in this world, there is absolutely no world that you can live in that you can justify in your mind that a 31-year-old man should be dating a 16-year-old. There is no, and if that is a world that we live in, that we think that that is okay, I don't want to be in that world. Like that is unacceptable. As a man, as a, as a man who has dated a lot of women, and look, I am not a perfect, I have never been a perfect partner. I, I have plenty of flaws and whatnot, but I know what is right and what is wrong. I know what no means. <laughs> I know what yes means. I know how to treat people, man, woman, what have you. But in no world, in no world is it acceptable as a man. Does any man worth his salt think that it is acceptable to carry on a relationship with someone less than half your age? when they are essentially still a minor. In the United States, a minor is under the age of 18. That is my biggest problem with all of this. I understand that he, had, he has committed these other atrocities to these women that they're alleging and there will be investigations that will go on about this and people will have to, uh, and, and 
you know, uh, there's uh, there's a lot of talk with why haven't these journalists turned over this file? Why didn't they go to the police? Because that's not their job and they can't violate. <laughs> they can't violate the victim's rights. They can't just go to the police with materials. So now there will be an investigation and the laws will play out. But whatever the law says, there is no man on this planet that thinks in their right mind that it is acceptable for an almost 31-year-old man to date a 16-year-old girl. And it's just gross. <laughs> it's just gross. It's despicable. And that is where, unfortunately, I have lost all respect for Russell Brand. You can tell me all the other things are, are, are false or this and that. If that is really true, that is absolutely despicable. And that's where I draw the line. And there has to be, we have gotten so far out of touch in this world that where do we stand up and say, that's just not right. That's just not right. Like, like have we lost our sense of integrity and, and our sense of, of our, our, you know, our, more, our moral compass to such an extent that we allow people, that we somehow think that something like this is acceptable? that a company like the BBC is going to send a car to a primary school to pick the girl up, to take her to his house. That's where all this material lands with me. That is, I think, the thing that I am angry about. And look, I am not a father. I am not a husband. I am not a, you know, um, anything. I'm an uncle, by the way, I'm an uncle times. Now I have four nephews. My brother just had, uh, and his wife just welcomed in a, a new baby, a uh, new son yesterday, Lane Zachary Ziegler. Uh, welcome to this world, born September 19th. Uh, yeah. I, um, and I most certainly do have aspirations to be a father one day. I would literally tear a 31-year-old man apart for for trying to date my 16 year old daughter i'm sorry i just i would lose my mind i would I, i'd be in i'd be in handcuffs <laughs> i'd be in handcuffs um i i just i i think that that's the thing that we're really losing sight of like at what in what world do we live that we think that's even remotely appropriate and shame on the people who who were the handlers were the people who who allowed this behavior to happen that turned a blind eye you know, and yeah, and and obviously Sergeant Frank Drebin. Oh wow, there's, that's a, that's quite a long yeah. Uh, and obviously um, there is a Sergeant Frank Drebin. Hey, now I get it. <laughs> I just watched Naked Gun uh, the other night, by the way. <laughs> um, not too long ago, a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, it didn't land like it did when I was a kid. That's for sure. Um, but no, in all seriousness. Um, you know, uh, yeah, no, I've heard about the BBC covering up, you know, obviously this Jimmy Savile thing and all that. Yeah, I'm not letting anyone off the hook. No one's off the hook on this. But to this chorus of sycophants that is coming to uh, to Russell Brand's defense, like that's, like that's not, that's indefensible to me. I'm sorry. And there were, there are text exchanges that he had with another woman that he had, uh, you know, R-worded here in Los Angeles, they were engaged in a, a thing. She actually went and got an R test and, and went to the, uh, you, you know, 
report or didn't I, I I'm sorry, I don't believe she reported it, but she did go to get a test and and he did admit that he was aggressive with like admitted in full on text messages that he committed this atrocity towards her. So um you know and and the way that this this poor girl Alice who is now, you know, also in now in her 30s and is happily married, thank God, and now knows what a healthy relationship is, you know, that's amazing because it takes a lot of work to to get past that for sure and to trust another man. She has um, you know, shared with talking about how he referred to her as the child, how he performed acts on her against her will, uh, gagging her and and doing things that are inappropriate and just uh, it, it's just awful. I'm, and I'm not here to go into those salacious details. You can go to another channel. You can read about those. I'm not going to get into it because I think it's I think it's it's a crime that to my mind is perpetrated on a child. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, here in the United States, uh, you're a minor until you're 18 years old. You know, uh, to me, it's just it's it's abhorrent behavior. Uh, so that to me, the, I don't really care what anyone else thinks. The fact that he dated a 16 year old is to, like, do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Like we're done. The conversation is over. I'm not a fan. I don't want to hear about you again. You're, you're not a man in my eyes. I'm sorry. I don't, I've lost all respect for you. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how famous you are. I don't care who you know, what you think you know, how intelligent you may or may not be. You're, in my mind, someone who dates a child and I have, want to have nothing to do with you. That's my, that's my two cents. End rant on the Russell Brand situation over the weekend. Um, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because, uh, again, and I think another thing is, you know, I, I there's a young lady who uh, who uh, I follow on Instagram and she's coming out with an allegation against a um, uh, I guess a true crime uh, podcaster. There was a lot of allegations that came out last year. Uh, he he uh, one of them was uh, Tara had come out in Rolling Stone. The guy's name is Billy Jensen. I was just reading about his behavior with this woman and uh um uh essaying her as well and uh, we're getting ready to head into crime con this weekend hope you know he's not going to be there i don't think anyone wants to ever have anything to do with this guy but the the tactic that a lot of these people use is i was an addict billy has said oh i'm an alcoholic so therefore oh uh, you know as if somehow this is excuses their behavior <laughs> like oh it's all right bro you're an addict okay but there's a way to use addiction to empower people and to say like look you can still be responsible but when you when you sort of conflate addiction with um, uh, uh, allowing yourself to get off the hook for what you've done, oh, I was high on drugs or oh, I was this and that. I mean, if I drive a vehicle impaired, I, I get pulled over by a police officer and I have, you know, you get arrested, you go to jail, you're, you're driving impaired. I'd be like, oh, but I, you know, I'm an, I'm, I drank too much. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like, no, you broke the law, man. Like, come on. At no way, shape, or form should we allow people to use this excuse of, oh, I was an addict. Because, you know, somebody can go to rehab, and I believe Russell has entered, had entered rehab years ago, uh, and he entered rehab for his addiction to, for his sex addiction as well. Uh, they know better. And, you know, somebody can come out of rehab and get clean. Um, and, you know, if they choose to put themselves back, you, you could be sober off, ha off uh, you, you know, alcohol uh, for six months. 
Uh, but if you decide to put yourself in a position where you, you're sitting in a bar and you're drinking with your friends are drinking all around you, that's not a healthy thing. And if you relax, that's not because you're an addict. That's because you've also chosen, you've made a choice to put yourself in a position where you are not holding yourself, you're, you're putting yourself in a position of danger. Everyone knows this. There are 12-step programs built around this. But a lot of these people, they use that as if that somehow lets them off the hook. I would say maybe we should stop doing that. <laughs> maybe we should not allow them to be put to be off the hook for their abhorrent behavior. I'm sorry, I didn't know any better. I was on drugs. I'm a sex addict. You got help, right? Don't date 16-year-olds. It's not appropriate. I'm done. That's that's the deal breaker. That's there's nothing more to discuss here. <sighs> I had a lot of feelings on that. I didn't even know what I was going to talk about today, and here I am just going along with it. Welcome, Frank Drevin. I do love this. Uh, interesting to read this chat um, to this chat compared to how vile Andrew Gold. Andrew Gold talks about that. Were people vile to Andrew Gold? I mean, I know Andrew Gold. I've been on his program. He's talk, He's been talking about this. I mean, I saw a couple of his video this morning with Sean Atwood. He there's a little video that came out. Um, you know, Andrew talks about a lot, a lot about this, and um, you know, and he he Andrew did a, Andrew Gold did a video about um, Russell Brand a while ago, like a, a few months ago. This was long before all of this. Um, sort of decoding, uh, decoding his guru-ness. Um, and a lot of these people that have, um, a lot of these women that felt compelled to come forward, they really felt compelled to come forward um, because of his sort of rising star here on YouTube in this sort of guru world. And look, you know, YouTube is, you know, has decided to, um, has decided to uh, uh, you, you suspend his advertising dollars and things like that. Like, look, Russell Brand is rich. Russell Brand is rich. He's famous. He's powerful. Danny Masterson was rich and famous and powerful. You know what I mean? These people need to be held accountable. Nobody is above the law. Like, it's just, we can't live in a world where we allow these things to, because we were doing so good for a while. And then we went really off the, <laughs> off the freeway and down into the swamp. And then we've come back now and we went to the other side of the freeway and down into the ditch, you know, where we're going to work our way back to a middle road of just absolute common sense. Right. And we can't let people manipulate and, and try to play this, this us against them, this unite against the common enemy. Oh, it's the media. It's the media. You know, to Chris Rock, in like 1997 did a very famous stand-up where he talked about the media and 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 violence and I'm not going to get into the stand-up it's not my place you can watch it it's epic what he says he's so true about how people try to use the media for an excuse uh and claiming that they shape a narrative it's again it's the same thing it's like if you take your friend it's a triangulation right if you take your friend and say, oh, that friend's going to say he's saying something bad, but it's us. We're the good ones, right? It's classic manipulation. He's just doing it on a mass scale, right? Unite against a common enemy is playing out in propaganda in the largest landmass country in the world right now against another country that is that has been waging war on. You know what I mean? Propaganda is propaganda, and it's about time we start really call, calling this this bullshit out. 
and not allowing these people to do this. I mean, look, you know, you look at Ashton Kutcher, right? And, and, you know, he, he had to resign from the board of this, of the, of the organization that he created Thorne with his ex-wife, Demi Moore, because of his absolute boneheaded and just ab- complete, just, I mean, just lapse in judgment wasn't even the right word. Just coming to the aid of Danny Masterson uh, uh, to, to vouch for his character. Like, are you out of your mind? Like what a slap in the face to victims. It's about time. We just really start, you know, we have common sense. Like we don't need to be burning people at the stake, but we also should be looking at like, are we letting them off the hook? And are we letting them create a narrative that, that informs and instructs half the general public to go off on the crazy train? I think you can read between the lines and a lot of what I'm talking about. But I'm not going to get into that. Anyways. Uh, all right. This is an international show. Addicts are accountable for our behavior too. Yes. And, you know, look. Um, you know, and, and also let me be super duper clear. And because I, and I mentioned the addiction thing because I, uh, I talked about uh, Alex Murdaugh. And in the Murdoch case and, and his use of opioids and, and his behavior and even um, Dr. Kenny Kinsey, who I have on the show, who I'm actually going to get to meet tomorrow night in person in Orlando at CrimeCon. I'm very excited. Uh, I've been texting with him. So it'd be great to actually meet him in person. Um, you know, he was he sort of refuted my sort of, well, maybe he was an addict and that's what led to his his demise as well. And he said, but he was a functioning, he was an excellent trial attorney, Alec Murdoch. So, so he's like, I really question the addiction. I mean, even though the judge in the case brought that up, you know, uh, it's also, you can't let them off the hook. Um, <laughs> yeah, wild light arts. That's very funny. Anyways, I want to go back into the comments. Frank Drebin. I just think that's really funny. I literally just watched Naked Gun the other day just because um, Aaron Rodgers mentioned it in um, in uh, the, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, the Hard Knocks series about the New York Jets, which, by the way, New York Jets fans, it's over. I'm so sorry. I was really hoping it would be a great season for y'all. I was really, I was really, really, uh, really strong. Um, uh, the... Let's see here. Court McNeil, you know what's really cool about having a different opinion than the person who's, who you're, whose channel you're watching? You totally can just hit the little X and then you won't have to be angry anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Court McNeil. That's great. Are we getting angry comments in his youth 10 years ago? Come on now. Let's see here. Um, so... Oh, there's a, there is a lot. Yeah. We were going to be invaded by trolls. I'm sorry, guys. What can I say? Um, whatever happened to presume innocent until proven guilty. You see, uh, yeah. As I said before, as I said before this, we will see if there are charges brought on this. And I'm not talking about what is, I'm not talking about, these alleged, these alleged f- things in in this particular piece, I am specifically the angriest, and and I am dismissive of all of this because of his dating of a sixteen year old girl, 
which is something he didn't refute. That's what I'm saying. You think that they, you, if you think that the media, that see Channel 4 and that the Times are going to print something that they have not investigated for four years and not have investigated that a car took her to his house, that this relationship did exist, that there are text messages exchanged, which are online, by the way. <laughs> Come on. Yes, I'm not presuming. I am not a trial by media person at all. And getting has been charged with no crime. Um, but not at one point has he said, I didn't date a 16-year-old. I don't know who that woman is. That's my problem. <sighs> Anyways, totally pop, totally pop, totally pop, totally pip. No attic has been more forward with Russell and his bad behavior in his youth. Uh, yeah, and I also, um, I think there are a lot of addicts. I don't know how many 12 step meetings you've been to, but a lot of people are very candid about their addiction. That is one thing to use it and to use it in a way where they are um, they are trying to excuse because as he says in the video and you don't have to use you don't have to listen to me use his own words he says I've admitted all this so I can't have done any wrong I mean I'll just go ahead and play it again super easy let his own words <laughs> come in to play and then we'll read an excerpt from his book As I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent. And I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question, is there another agenda at play? particularly when we've seen coordinated media attacks before. I don't mind them using my books and my stand-up to talk about my promiscuous consensual conduct in the past. What I seriously refute are these very, very serious criminal allegations. Also, it's worth mentioning that there are witnesses whose evidence directly contradicts the narratives that these two mainstream media outlets are trying to construct, apparently in what seems to me to be a coordinated attack. At no point does he say, I did not date a 16-year-old girl. He says he had consensual relationships. And these women have also said that they were consensual relationships. Just because you're in a consensual relationship with someone does not give you, <laughs> does not give you the right to violate them when they say no. We can all adhere to that standard of ethical practice in our relationships. That's the issue that some of these women are having. But again, why are you dating a 16-year-old? There's no man. I'm done with it. I'm done. I'm done with trying to explain why this is wrong. It's wrong. No man, no 30, almost 31-year-old man should be dating a 16-year-old. No way. Sorry. <laughs> we are we are firmly out of the dark ages in a civilized society. That's the truth. So until there's other proof, but again, this was investigated for four 
years. So this let's not con- conflate the two here. This is not like somebody who is on trial, who is in a court of law, and these are the uh, and and this is the evidence, and it's innocent until proven guilty. This is something that was researched and and confirmed by their research, and there are no charges involved yet. And we will see, but I'm not talking about any potential charges or anything. And the biggest key of all this is let's see if Russell Brand and his team file a lawsuit for libel against these media organizations, much like Johnny Depp did and lost, mind you, in the UK. Their laws are very strict there. So these companies are not in business to put themselves at risk and open themselves up to litigation. Like, as the title of this piece suggests, and as I say in this, at what point are we going to start holding these people accountable? We put them on a pedestal and we want to believe them. And look, I don't want to believe that people do this shit. Like, this sucks that Russell Brand is this person to me. This sucks. I love Get Him to the Greek. I think it's hilarious. I unfortunately will watch it with a different lens if I even watch it ever again. And you got both him and Jonah Hill, bad actors. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, we'll see, we'll see if he files a lawsuit and we'll see how that plays out in court. We'll see if charges uh, get, um, get, uh, get handed down in this, in this case either. Uh, you know, I totally forgot to play my ad too. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, it is a, uh, it is definitely a, um, it's a lot, man. It is, it's a lot to think about. That's for sure. Again, we'll see what he says. There's all sorts of dubious stuff that went on in Depp versus global newspapers case. Yes. Again, conspiracy theories. Um, Thank you so much, Yvette S., for the super sticker. I greatly appreciate it. Um, thank you so much for your support. Uh, I'm looking here. Okay, so somebody made a comment. Can't stand him. I'm sure he's not the only celebrity, especially musicians who's exploited others. So I, I, there's a lot of things that come out about a lot of musicians, especially you know way back in the day, back in the 60s, 70s. Um, many people have come under scrutiny for having relationships with younger women, et cetera, et cetera. People like to say, well, that's a different time, right? And that's a very long time ago. All this stuff with Russell Brand is like 15 years ago. You know, this is like in the 2000, this isn't like the normal. And again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm younger than him, but I'm not, I'm I'm still the same, you know, generation ish. I know it's right and wrong. (laughs) Like again, we are in a different time of a very civilized society. And this is a very intelligent person. This is not some Neanderthal, you know? So this is a, this is a thoughtful and intelligent human being that has done that, that is being accused of doing this. And that has, that was dating a 16 year old. I'm sorry. Like there's no excuse for it. There's no excuse for it. There's no excuse. None. I don't care what the law says. None. What do you want to relate? What do you possibly have in common? What are you going to play Barbies? Sorry to anyone who's 16. I'm sorry. I mean, I know that y'all are sophisticated. You grew up with iPhones and iPads, but I mean, come on, you know? Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot to think about. 
that's for sure. Um, I, I don't know a lot about uh, about C four again. <laughs> uh, again, this this uh, investigation was done by the Times, so um, take it up with them. Again, libel laws, and we'll see how all this plays out. This this is just my opinion on this. Again, until this man comes out and says, "I didn't date a sixteen year old," I ain't got nothing for you. You know, I ain't got nothing. I got no candy for you. Um, it's unfortunate. Hey, I want to say thank you so much to all of my channel members, channel subscribers, my Patreon supporters. Thank you all so much for your support. If you wouldn't mind, please click the like. Please sub click subscribe for more videos. Tomorrow, I have a conversation with director Sean Reck. He is the director of Convicting a Murderer, uh, a show that he is doing with um, the uh, Daily Wire, uh, hosted by, uh, I'm drawing a blank, Candace Owens, um, who you guys might know, political uh, conservative political commentator, uh, but is a fantastic look at the other side of Netflix's making a murderer full of a lot of really um, well disturbing information for sure. And again, as someone who's been through violent crime and dealt with murder and all that fun stuff, it was a, it was interesting. I'll be meeting him for the first time too. And by the way, he is also a Cleveland, Ohio native. So when I am on the show with him, I had to break out my Cleveland Cavaliers championship hat <laughs> as well. Um, no, in all seriousness, uh, and if you are uh, Kathleen Welsh, I guess I'll be seeing you at CrimeCon. Um, uh, I will be at CrimeCon in Orlando, Florida this weekend, the 22nd through the 24th. Uh, I am speaking on Sunday. I will be there with my podcast that I co-host with my uh, co-host and partner, Tara Newell. Uh, it is called The Survivor Squad. We have new episodes dropped tomorrow, uh, Thursdays and Fridays. New episode of the audio version of this podcast, if you're listening to it, on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, releases on Saturday. On that note, Mover Nation, we did it. I stumbled and fumbled my way through another episode. I love and appreciate all of you. I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Trauma. Thanks, y'all. This podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. For exclusive content around this podcast, please consider supporting me via Patreon by going to collierlandry.com forward slash support. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please leave us a five-star review. If you want to see video episodes of this podcast, please check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash collierlandry. You can find links to additional resources in the show notes of today's episode. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio. Copyright Collier Landry.